Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. Happy New Year. 2020 is over. <laughs> hey, that's a thankful attitude. It's good, right? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I just would just real quick share with you, you know, um, we do have a lot to be thankful for. And uh, and for me, one of the things I just I, I'm excited to share with you as a church, so, something that Two things really awesome happened this year for my family. Um, where the April 9th, Haila put her trust in Jesus um, while we were in Africa, and that just thrills my heart. And uh, as the year has gone on and different things have happened, man, that's brought me a lot of joy. And then just recently in November, and I didn't, I don't remember the day, but we were coming back from Peoria and Serena, who is, uh, if you know our family, um, our, our most stubborn, challenging child. And uh, we have talked to her about, about Jesus, and she's young, and she's told us things like, you know, we'd say, we'd talk about the gospel, and she'd say, you know, I'm, Dad, I'm probably not going to do that. You know, and I, I had to remind myself, you know, hey, she's just five, she's just five, just relax. But she'd say, I, I, I'm not doing that. You know, and uh, I'd ask her if she would be interested in that, she'd say, I just don't think I can. And one night she starts crying in the car, and we're like, what is wrong? You know, I'm like, Serena. I'm going to pull this car over. And she's like, just <clears throat> crying, doing this thing. And I said, what, what's going on? She goes, I just, I don't know if I'll ever trust God. I don't know. And I'm like, well, do you want to? And we started talking about it. And then finally she just goes, Dad, how am I supposed to do it if no one's going to tell me how? I said, oh, well, I mean, I, I could tell you how. And she cried the rest of the way home and just didn't have it. But then later that night came out. She said, Dad, I did it. I did it. I said, what did you do? She's like, I trusted Jesus. And she goes, and now I'm a child of God. And she started just telling people in our family, uh, random people. And so I just praise God that in the midst of all the the bleh of, of 2020, that man, his faithfulness to redeem has been very, very real. I mean, it is real for the world, and it's been real in my own immediate family, my house. And so I just lift his name up. Um, he deserves all the praise and glory. And I can really say, when I think about my family, man, it is well with my soul. Second thing is, before digging into God's word, is, you know, I hope that you know that I just, I love this church. And uh, I've said it before, but I'll, I'll say it again. I love this church. love being a part of this, this church family. And it is such a privilege for us to be able to be home for, for the, the remainder of last year and the next about six weeks. And so I always praise God for the, uh, for the opportunity uh, to get a chance to share his word. And when God is working on me in the past, I would say the past seven years, especially since we've been in Africa, as he's working on me on an issue, I always have this burning desire to teach it to somebody. And you would think that it would be the Glaro. And I do have a desire to teach them the word, but I think it's been so far away from being possible with language barriers and culture barriers that whenever God teaches me something and I experience him again, I think of you guys. 
And so this is a sermon that, that uh, has been brewing in my mind since about the middle of 2019 that I've been so excited to share with specifically you all. That may be weird, but that, that is what it is. And so you might not like me very much after it. I understand that. It's a doozy. But I think that it's good for us, like, like uh, Bill Sievert says, when we, when we see something hard in Scripture instead of shying away from it, let's let God help us to hash it out and learn from it. And so when you have one Sunday to teach, you got to pick. And uh, God has been working in my life in the area of forgiveness. So, hey, y'all, shut the doors, lock them. <laughs> you can laugh as a joke. But seriously, shut the doors, lock them. Um, the Bible has a lot to say about it. And the reason that, uh, that I'm so passionate about the issue of forgiveness isn't because I'm very good at it or that I enjoy exercising it, but I've seen God's power in it. And his word affirms it as a good thing. And uh, I think that forgiveness is something that is very hard. It's, it's, it's a, forgiveness is something that we possess. Forgiving is a verb. It's something that we do. Um, it happens, you know, mentally, spiritually, and then sometimes, you know, we have to act out in forgiveness. Um, it's got a lot of facets. It can be complicated, but it is so important to to have it in our life. And when we don't, it is so crippling, even to us as Christians, as we move about day-to-day life. So, there are three points that I have, and we'll, we'll go through them. And I just pray that God will, will challenge you with this, and his word will teach you encourage you and help you the first thing we're going to talk about is forgiving one another which i think is the most common thing that we we think about when we think of forgiveness forgiving other people who've done wrong the second thing that i want to address is what the bible says about forgiving yourself and i will clarify i know that that can come across a little self-helpy but that's not the heart of god in it but there is an aspect of forgiving self and the third one um i cheated and I asked my wife and Pastor Matt a lot about this. And uh, there is an aspect in life where we can harbor bitterness towards God. You know, God doesn't make mistakes. So we don't need to forgive God as, he did, as if he did something wrong. That's not it. But we do need to agree with God and align our thinking with him. And really have that attitude of the last song that we just sang and be able to say, it is well with my soul. And, and there are roots of bitterness that can exist in our life towards God and so as we look at the issue of forgiveness I hope that we can identify those roots of bitterness that we might have towards him and pull those out so then that we can actually do the forgiveness to people as we need it and so that's that's it in a nutshell and I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 and I will say as you're you're turning there my co-worker Aaron said something really really good to me I want to share with you just a little a little thought-provoking thing. And I think it will pertain to forgiveness in a little bit. But he said, you know, when we get to heaven, there's going to be three things that we think. The first one is you're going to see somebody and you're going to be like, how'd they get here? What are they doing here? Okay. (laughs) The second thing that you probably will think when you get to heaven is like, well, where's so-and-so? Why aren't they here? And the third thing, and probably maybe the most important one, is, is that there will be a sense of, how did I get here? What am I doing here? Now, that's not like a, a theological <clears throat> book or anything, but it's just thought-provoking, right? And it, all those things would, would hint to the power of forgive, forgiveness. Because there are people that will be forgiven that you just can't believe are forgiven. 
There were people that never received God's forgiveness that you wouldn't be able to believe that they never had it. And of course, when we all stand before God, we're going to just understand the absolute miracle that is that he's forgiven us. And we're able to be in his presence. So Colossians chapter 3, are you there? If you're there, say amen, African style. Amen. All right. Colossians 3 verse 12 says this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And you know, uh, when you start thinking of the the hard and, and deep hurts that life brings between even brothers and sisters in Christ, I mean, it can get really nasty. It can get very, very nasty. And when you when you look at a world that doesn't have uh, the presence of of the Holy Spirit or a home that doesn't have that, it can get very, very nasty. The first thing that stands out to me is says that as we bear with one another, it says forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And it just is very general. But whatever grievances covers all grievances, right? And there are some doozies. You know, uh, I'm not going to go in, into the details of this, but I will tell you that there have been things, you know, inside of this past year in my own personal family that, uh, that we've had to exercise forgiveness for that I never knew that I would even be able to. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even, if you said, oh, somebody did this thing, and then you, I would say, man, yeah, you should forgive him. But man, when it comes into your, your camp, your life, there are things that you feel like, man, we're not ever going to get over this. But God's word says that whatever grievances there are, we have to forgive. We have to forgive. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I think that um, a lot of us, if we're really honest, we have gotten really good at harboring bitterness, but somehow making it godly. I've heard a lot of weird things said about forgiveness. And I've believed a lot of weird things like, okay, this person hasn't asked me for forgiveness yet, so I don't have to give it to him. Well, this passage makes it very clear that the forgiveness at its starting point, it doesn't really have to do with reconciliation or restoration of relationships. Okay? So I'm not even, even going to go into that today. I'm not even that good at it, personally. Okay? But there is an aspect of forgiveness, I think it starts way before you even think about healing a relationship. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And you know, God offers His forgiveness to the world. To every single person, you know, to the abuser, to the death row inmate, all the way to the to, to the pastor and, the, you know, the people that we think are are morally high. God offers the same forgiveness to everybody. And, you know, if you really struggle with forgiveness in your life, as I have. I would just say this, that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you claim to have the Holy Spirit in your life, you shouldn't need any convincing. This should be enough. It really could end right there. But God is gracious and we're human and he knows our weaknesses, right? And so he gives us teaching on it. And um, I'm so thankful that he has told us that. And bearing with one another 
if you think about the word bear, it's usually in light of burdens, heavy things. You know, there's going to be some work involved. I, I, I understand that. But uh, before I move on to the, to the next point, I would just like to give an example of what can happen if unforgiveness takes root in your life and goes on for a very long time. And this one hopefully will make you chuckle so we can you know, lift a little bit of the heavy attitude out of this. But uh, it's actually a real thing that happened, and it's horribly ridiculous. And I know that you'll agree, but uh, when I was in Bible school, one of my favorite professors, you know, he was just the kind of guy that was almost like a pastor for the Bible school unofficially. And you guys know we have people like that in our church who just have those, those shepherds pastoring hearts, right? Um, guys like uh, Charlie Bird who, you know, texts how many of us young guys, you know, sometimes weekly in the church. We have a lot of examples uh, of shepherds, or I would say our, our whole elder board. Um, and this guy was counseling a married couple, and it just happened to be that that teacher was my best friend's dad. And so my best friend sometimes would be in his room. He didn't stay in the dorms, and he would overhear some of the marriage counseling, unbeknownst to them, and he was telling me one like laughing about it one day, but this is a real thing that happened. A couple was struggling in their marriage, and there were years and years and years of problems. There was infidelity early on. There were a lot of different things, and they were Bible school students trying to reconcile their marriage. And my friend comes to me and goes, dude, the most funny thing here was this couple was arguing, and um, I was like, I wanted to leave, but I couldn't leave because I was in my room, and I would have had to walk through the living room. So I just sat there and listened to the whole thing. And... Uh, the guy was talking about the problems that he had with his wife and he's going on. She, you know, she did this and she did this and she did this and she fixed soup on a hot day. You know, can you imagine? But uh, just to let you know that that marriage actually has ended in divorce, which is really sad. But the point is that if we don't obey God with that, that straightforward blanket command, hey, forgive as Christ forgave you. You won't believe the kind of things that will ruin your relationships. And I will just side note, Kayla um, is a really wonderful wife. Like, I have no problem saying that. I mean, she's not even here, so you know I'm not sucking up. But if you're recording this, save it. Um, She's wonderful. But I always thought the soup on the hot day thing, this is ridiculous. And then we moved to Liberia in the rainforest, and she made soup once. And i got to tell you... (laughs) She does it again. We might have to have a FaceTime conference with Matt and Brandon because it was like, I'm sweating while eating, you know, kind of. So soup on a hot day could be more serious than you think. But do you, you get where I'm going with this? The ridiculousness of un, unforgiveness when we allow those roots to stay in our life. The, the, the smallest things that we on the outside can look at and say, oh, that's not even a problem. They become real problems in our life. They become real problems. And what happens sometimes is when we've been hurt in a bigger way, a heavier way, there's a lie that the enemy tells us that says that we have a right. We have a right to that bitterness. And God is saying, hmm, no, nobody has that right because we've all been forgiven. And we've all been offered forgiveness if we're not believers, right? So in the area of forgiveness, we're all on an even playing field. Now, again, not talking about restoration of relationships, but talking about our relationship with God. To be able to have intimacy with him, we need to forgive one another as Christ forgave us. And boy, his forgiveness is amazing. And aren't you thankful for it? Don't we all have things to be ashamed of? Yeah. yeah. Get in line behind me. If you would, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. I feel like there 
generally like two types of people. Okay? There are those of us who think that we're, we're pretty awesome, and then those of us that have a harder time with ourselves. Okay? And something that happens a lot in the area of unforgiveness is that when you've made a big mistake, a really big one, um, you start to think that, you know what, I'll never be good enough. There's no way God could forgive me of that. And no, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'll just ask the question, has anybody ever felt that way? Boy, it's too late for me. It's way too late for me. When you think of the kind of people that Jesus spent time with, you know, murderers, um, prostitutes, the kind of people that he sat down and broke bread with, you know, the God of the universe, and the horrible things that he's forgiven, the abuses. I mean, think about abuse and some of the most disgusting things that we can think of. And God is offering forgiveness and has forgiven those who have accepted it. It's pretty hard. Um, It would be really hard if we grasp it to continue to walk in unforgiveness, but we do struggle with that, some of us. And so when I say that we need to forgive ourselves, I ran across this passage in 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. And the passage is talking about how we know what true love is and how we would know who God's people are. But there's a little little phrase in it that just jumped out at me as God was teaching me this. And in verse 19 says, This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. Now I would ask, wouldn't you like to have rest in the presence of God? Wouldn't it be nice if we went to prayer or we went to the word and there wasn't really anything that was like between us and God? You know, we've had a lot of barriers with the ones we love this year. And how many people can agree that it's so much sweeter when you see people face to face than through a, a device? Even though the devices are good, like, that's a difficult thing. And sometimes I think when we don't agree with God, you know, and accept his forgiveness in our life, it's kind of like we can FaceTime with him, but we can't invite him over for dinner and have that intimate fellowship But God knew that we would struggle with self-condemnation. He knew it. And that's why he says that if we want to have rest in his presence, you know, it talks about how how to do that. But it says the statement, whenever our hearts condemn us, God knew that there would be a time in our life where our own hearts would bring a heavy condemnation on us. And that we wouldn't be able to have rest in his presence. And he wants to have that fellowship and rest with us so badly that he did what it takes. He forgave us. Completely and perfectly. And so it says, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. And so I just want to encourage you that if you struggle with self-condemnation, if you've accepted Jesus Christ and his blood covers you, you are forgiven, and you need to accept that and move forward. Okay? And the last thing I want you to do, I know I have you jumping around a lot, But I want you to turn to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, and we'll start in verse 6. You know, all of us are sinners apart from Jesus. But God sees us covered in the blood of the Lamb. And we know these things. These are are truths that we've learned for a long time. But in the area of forgiveness, you know, God doesn't look at you and see your sin, 
if you know Jesus. He looks at you and sees the perfect spotless lamb covering you. And so you are accepted. And really this last step in all of this, really it's kind of the first step. And that is to agree with God that others are forgiven who are believers, that you who are a believer are forgiven, and those that aren't are offered it in the same way that you were. And there are a lot of people, this is where I have to raise my hand in all of this, who forget Isaiah 55, 6 through 9, and I'm going to read it to you. So seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. You see... There are so many things that we can be angry with about the Lord. The things that he allowed happen to you. God, why did you let this happen to me? God, why didn't you... I've even thought, why didn't you stop me from doing this? As if it was him. And I've got to be honest, most of the bad things that have happened in my life have been because of my bad choices. Most of them. And so, God is he's on a different plane. His thoughts are here. He sees everything. He knows every hair on our head. He knows the decisions we're going to make before we make him. And we need to trust that he has got life under control. But I have spent a lot of time fighting and wrestling with God. God, why did you take me out of the country that I love? Why did you put me here with these people in this country? And a lot of times we have angry things, anger towards God. God, why did you let that happen to me? When I was a kid. Well, there's so many things. The list goes on and on. But the scripture teaches us that God has ways that are higher than our ways. And I want you to know that we can trust him. And so if we have roots of bitterness in our life towards God, the proper response is to say, God, I'm sorry. I trust you. And help me to be okay with where you have me. And, you know, all of us have probably struggled with this in our life in one way or the other. And so I praise God for the fact that he is who he is. And I am asking him currently, you know, sometimes even on a daily basis, God, help me just to be all right with being in a small village in the middle of nowhere in Africa. You're still good there, just like you are here. And you might need to, you, you might need to do that even with your jobs. God, help me to be all right with where I'm at. And so as we close this out, I'm going to pray and the worship team will come back up. But I will say that if you want to take some practical steps into moving forward and stepping into this, and I, and I encourage you to do this, there, there are three things I would have you do. One would be to, to take inventory, to really write down, are there people in your life that you need to forgive? Just go through and write it down. And if you're like me, you'll be surprised. Probably at some of the things you're still hanging on to. Then to take inventory on yourself. Are there things that I haven't confessed that I still feel guilty about? So that you can know. You know, and the last one is to just really pray specifically that God would give you peace and rest where he has you. And I promise you that if you believe this and you trust it in your heart and you do the steps 
to practically obey his word, he will give you peace in his presence. Even when your hearts want to condemn you. And that is worth more than just about anything I can think of. So let's close in prayer. God, I'm so thankful for this church body. I'm thankful for this morning, this first Sunday of the new year. We are thankful for a new year, Lord. A lot of things haven't changed, but we just get that feeling, that sense of a fresh start. Lord, I I just pray that you would work on hearts even in this room. God, teach us how to forgive the same way that you forgave us and help us, Lord, to accept it. We're thankful for your perfect will, your perfect plan, and we pray that you would help us to be perfectly at peace with where you have us. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Hey everyone, thanks for taking the time to listen today. Every time we open God's Word together, our prayer is that the Spirit of God would convict, challenge, and cultivate the listener in a way that moves them from where they are towards where God wants them to be. And as part of this, we have staff and volunteers available to pray for and with you. We have multiple opportunities for further growth and care from birth all the way into adulthood. So if you're feeling pushed to dive deeper and you aren't sure where to begin, give us a call at 647-4278 or email us at office at cantonefree.com. If you're interested in more than just audio, you can find full video of this message and more along with additional resources at our website, cantonefc.com. Thanks again for listening. Know you are loved and we pray God's blessing over you for 2021.